Welcome to Culture Over Coffee, the Spartan Shields podcast where we talk about pop culture, new trends, and other news outside of the PV School District over a cup of coffee. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm Maddie Lycia. And I'm Carly Lundry. So today we are here with Sarah Russell, who is a history teacher here at PV High School. She has previously taught AP Gov, AP Human Geo, Government, and MODIS. So today we will be giving an overview to the top five presidential candidates. We will be going in order of most popular to least according to a New York Times poll. We will also be giving an overview of candidates and their policies. So our first top runner is Vice President Joe Biden with an average of 27%. On Biden's website, it states that the foundation of his campaign is unity over division, an idea that goes back to our founding principle that all men are created equal. The policy will be be touching on for Biden is gun control. Biden's website includes very detailed policies. One of his first priorities as president, he states, will be repealing the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act, which protects gun manufacturers from being held civilly liable for their products. While the policy Maddie just mentioned was the first, Biden also features policies on how he will get weapons of war off our streets, keeping guns out of dangerous hands, ending the online sale of firearms and ammunitions. So, Biden's website mentions one of his goals being to address the deadly combination of guns and domestic violence. This is often a killer of many women and men around the nation. And I think it's going to be one of the driving factors of this election as we've also seen the rise in school shootings and how the fear of this has really brought a lot of attention to the Democratic candidates for the 2020 election. Biden also mentions tackling urban gun violence with targeted evidence-based community interventions, which is accurate to the name of bringing communities together to end gun violence and to bring peace to communities, which could be especially prevalent around here with Chicago. So for our guest, do you feel that Biden's gun policies would make you feel safer in schools? Um, I would say that his policies have some good ideas in them about uh, some of his like gun control plans. Um, I'm not sure though that his plan is the best one of the five candidates that you've been discussing. Um, I, I guess I'm at the point where any kind of policy right now would at least be a step in the right direction. So even if these candidates are not able to fully deliver on what they're promising, some movement towards increased gun control, in my opinion, would be at least a good start. Okay, our next candidate will be Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, who is following Biden with an average of 25% in the poll rank. Warren's website features her idea of fighting for America's promise for all of us, which to paraphrase is to ensure America can ensure equality. The policy we chose for Warren is abortion rights. Her website includes her plan to protect the right to choose through appointing new judges that will uphold uphold the neutral constitutional intent of the court. However, she does not specifically include how she plans on appointing or who she would replace. Warren then includes several detailed solutions to the problem that she intends to pursue with the help of Congress, such as create federal statutory rights that parallel the constitutional right in Roe v. Wade, pass federal laws to preempt state efforts that functionally limit access to reproductive health care, guarantee reproductive health coverage as a part of all health coverage, ensure equal access and reproductive justice. 
So, for our guests, do you think that the issue of abortion is still in the hands of the executive and legislative branches while the Supreme Court is hearing cases that could challenge Roe versus Wade? I guess I would start by saying I'm not sure I ever really thought that it was in the hands of the executive and the legislative branches uh, just because we're basing abortion, the legality of abortion at a national level is being, is based on Roe versus Wade. And so as the Supreme Court, currently if they decide to take on more cases where they're hearing um, cases on the topic of abortion, then it is in their hands on making that decision. Now, the way our government works, um, obviously you can put in laws into place, but that would require uh, a, um, how do I want to say, a consensus within Congress um, one way or the other that I just don't think exists right now. Our next candidate is Bernie Sanders, a current senator from Vermont who holds a 15% poll rank. One of Sanders' most powerful policies is his plan to provide free college for students and canceling all student debt. He believes that everyone should have the same right to an education regardless of the income of the family. This can be related to PV in our world because we have a lot of students currently looking at colleges and applying for student loans and financial aid. And I think that it affects a lot of them knowing that Bernie Sanders wants to provide this free college because it is a big expense for students and I think it can affect them a lot when they choose where they wanna attend. I think that free college is especially eye-catching to high schoolers and high school seniors because of the fact that seniors will A, be allowed to vote in the next election and B, are the ones that are thinking about, well, how am I gonna pay for college now? Um, for my personal experience, if I go along with my attended truck, I will be paying $51,000 a year for a college education. While the average cost of the school after aid is $35,000, that is still around $15,000 more than a state school could be. So would government funding of colleges and FAFSA be a big factor in my decision? Possibly, however, I feel that it's a bigger deal when it comes to state colleges because of the fact that that could really enhance um, students' accessibility to going to a college. And I also think that has a lot to do with the want of many students to attend Iowa and Iowa State. The big reason I think behind that is that it's cheaper. It's the cheapest option for them to go to Iowa because it's close. They can get in-state tuition and it won't be as much of a worry financially for them to attend Iowa. So I think that if Sanders is able to do this, it will affect a lot of kids um, because they might have more options on where they want to attend. Sanders has a plan to pass the College for All Act that will provide $48 billion a year for tuition and fees at four-year public universities. And he, will, he also plans to cancel the entirety of the $1.6 trillion in student debt. But the biggest question is, where is this money coming from? And also, how will this affect America's general economy? Yeah, and obviously this is an, a very large amount of money, and I think this plan kind of scares a lot of people because when they see this, they think that by spending this money on college tuition, it's taking away from other policies. And so that's why I think that's um, where I think some of the controversy around Sanders arises. I also think the controversy arises because of the fact that what will this do to private institutions? 
And for me, I guess it was really important to go to a private institution because of the fact that I really wanted that smaller school, which public schools just couldn't provide for me. And also, though, how will this affect student attendance? Will colleges population go way up so they won't be able to provide the same amount of resources? Or how will that affect those tiny details that are closer to home? So for um, a question for our guest, if finances weren't a factor in college, how would it affect second level education in the Quad City area? Um, so from what I've seen with students, and again, this is just my experience as a teacher and, and watching the paths of, students, paths of students after they graduate, it seems like a lot of students are seeking out some kind of post-secondary education, though the more I, students I talk to, it seems the more that are going the community college route, at least initially, because of the affordability of it. Um, while I applaud Bernie Sanders for his free uh, you know, college initiative, um, I am concerned about the practicality of that. Um, during the Obama years, there was the push for free community college or junior college for students across the nation, and what we found was that states couldn't afford it. So um, I'm curious on how that would actually be accomplished at a national level. Our next candidate will be Mayor Pete Buttigieg, currently polling at 5%. Buttigieg has been vocal in debates surrounding the issue of minimum wage. Buttigieg supports a minimum wage of $15 an hour. His website shows that he plans to reinstate Obama-era regulations surrounding a fiscally fair workplace. And beyond vaguely stating Obama regulations, Buttigieg's plan is fairly ambiguous of what he will do as an executive. Raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour would be a drastic change in Iowa, considering that our current minimum wage is $7.25 an hour but you aren't even technically paid $7.25 an hour if you work in a restaurant business where they can include tips. I think that this would really affect teenagers' outlook on voting because of the fact that a lot of people have jobs to pay for college or to pay for personal expenses. However, it all comes back down to the idea of how will this affect the economy. I agree, and I think that um, a lot of students do have jobs that pay the bare minimum wage, and I think it also affects their decision on where they want to work in the future um, and what you know jobs are out there for them because a lot of them do have to provide for themselves in college. And I think that $7.25 um, versus $15 an hour will be a huge change for them and can really affect them. In That's over twice as much as our current minimum wage yes, in so Iowa. Yeah, so I think that this will be a big driving factor for voters this year. So do you think that the minimum wage affects students because most are still supported by their parents? As someone looking at the issue of minimum wage and raising the minimum wage, I definitely think this is a much more important issue for working adults. And I know there seems to be a conception or, pre, or this preconceived notion that it's just young people who are, being, who are working their jobs that are getting paid minimum wage. Uh, but that's not true. And when you look at our country and you look at the people who are living beyond, below the poverty line, you might be talking about two adults who are working minimum wage and trying to support children. So my support of raising the minimum wage would be much more targeted towards helping adults who are making that wage versus uh, teenagers. Our final candidate will be California Senator Kamala Harris, who is currently polling at 4%. The chosen topic for Harris will be climate change. Harris does not give the full document of her plans. However, she does say that her plan will include 
bold target to exceed the Paris Agreement climate goals and achieve a clean economy by 2045, investing $10 trillion in public and private funding to meet the initial 10-year mobilization necessary. Her plan is based off of five pillars, a foundation for justice, holding polluters accountable, building a clean economy that works for the people, protecting our natural resources, and asserting international leadership. She goes into detail over her pillars on her website. For our guests, do you think this is the time for drastic change or ambiguous goals, or should we focus our efforts on more realistic goals? So in the area of climate change, I think that right now is the time for uh, sweeping some sweeping plans and goals when it comes to climate change uh, with the idea that we probably won't accomplish those sweeping goals, but then we'll land somewhere um, maybe more realistically. Uh, as far as Harris's stance on this, I do uh, really like her idea of uh, not allowing or, or completely eliminating the um, uh, the fossil fuel development on public lands. Um, I do think that that's definitely a realistic uh, place to start, but as far as her pledge of $10 trillion over 10 years, my question is, is where would that money come from and um, you know what exactly she would plan to do with it. So then one other follow-up question for our guest. How deeply do you look into policies while choosing a candidate to support you? Um, so as I'm considering who I want to support in the uh, upcoming caucus and presidential election, I'm definitely looking at the policies that these candidates are putting out. Uh, there's a lot, obviously, to to read, and in part, you get some of the you get some insight into their policies by watching uh, the debates. And I'll I'll admit that sometimes I tire of the debates after a certain amount of time, especially when I feel like they're rehashing the same issues. But the debate stage, especially all the candidates on one, does allow you to see some of those subtle differences in the policies that they're proposing. And so, you know, if you're trying to decide, if you like a couple candidates and you're trying to decide, you know, which one you want to support, my advice is to figure out maybe not what every single policy is, but what's most important to you. So if you're a young person, maybe that college uh, affordability is very important to you or you're concerned about the environment, but um, policies are very important to me. That's it for this week's episode of Culture Over Coffee. Thanks a latte for listening. We will be back soon with more tea.